0: As we begin a new year, <clears throat> let me encourage you to make the Word of God the standard for your year. Make the Word your standard. I encourage you, if you don't have a habit of reading the Bible, do it. Even if it's one chapter a day. Even if it's half a chapter a day. Make, make a habit of reading the Bible. Make a habit of finding out what... You know, we, we believe that the Bible is God's Word... And if it is His Word, it's His message to us. If we really believe that, we would really read it. We would really want to know what He has to say. So let's make that. You know, every year, you can get on any Christian TV channel and you'll see all these preachers having words for the year. I like Pastor Jackie's word for the year. I think I'm going to have a shalom life. I've decided that. But I want this year, this is my word for this year. I want this year to be the, the year of God's word being made manifest in my life. I want his word to be made manifest. God wants to manifest himself to his people. Do you realize that? Here's what Jesus said in John 14:21 says he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Now the word hath literally means possess. He that possesses my words and keep the word keepeth here means to keep it as from, keep it from escaping. So he's saying he that has the word and and, and, and keeps the, their eyes on it so that it can't escape. He says, those people who do that, they're the ones that love me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. When we make the word Important in our lives, that brings a manifestation of God. He said later in that same chapter that He, that Jesus and the Father would move in with us. He, they would make their abode, their abide abode with us, and that they would move in with us. And so He said He said that 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 the the proof of our love is determined by our relationship with the Word of God, making it make it so important. God wants to manifest Himself to us in this year. I believe that God wants to manifest Himself. <coughs> As the Lord, our healer, I believe that's what he wants to do. I'm going to start a new series tonight, and the the series is called Jehovah Rapha. And I want us to, to lock into some things that maybe you've not thought of before. I've taught most of what I'm doing, what I'm going to teach in this series. I've taught them, but I've never taught them in this way. I've never I've got some revelation that the Lord showed me for the very first time. And I believe God wants to teach us some things. I'm excited about what we're going to discover about Jehovah Rapha. Now, if you think that you've heard all there is to hear about healing, and you've heard it all, let me just tell you something. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. We have to hear. And when it says faith comes by hearing, the word hearing there, it literally talks about hearing hearing intently hearing continually staying with it hearing it and hearing it just because i've heard about healing doesn't mean i'm hearing about healing and doesn't mean i have faith for it today the problem is that people don't have faith for it and then when 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 the devil attacks our bodies we haven't we haven't been in the place where we can really stand by faith i know people sometimes who've been disappointed when they hear about the subject of healing because they haven't seen the results and the devil comes and condemns them. Well, you just don't have enough faith. We're going to bind that right now in Jesus' name. We're going to find out some things that I think will really, really bring you some freedom tonight. Many have been taught that it's not the will of God to heal them. They believe the lie of the devil that says they deserve to be sick. They deserve this thing that's on them. Wouldn't it be terrible if we taught salvation the same way? The reality is. We do deserve to be sick. We deserve to go to hell. But there's been a remedy paid for our benefit. All right. When you think about the health care system and what's going on in our world today, I tell you, we need to know who the healer is. Because there are those who want the government to overtake the the, the healing industry, the health industry, and then let the government decide who gets treated and who doesn't get treated. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what they want. It matters that my God is God and he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord, my healer. Now, we read these verses a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago in this group. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15, Jesus says of Jesus, But so much more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him of their infirmities. I told you I read that in Columbia, and, and we talked about hearing and healing. The people came to Jesus to hear and to be healed. Now, there's truth in this because faith comes by hearing. We need to hear and we need to hear and we need to hear that Jesus is a healer. He is a healer. This isn't taught nearly enough in the church today. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's not taught enough. Jesus is the healer. Most Christians need to unlearn a bunch of junk they've learned along the way. And so we're going to talk about that over over the next several weeks here. Tonight, I wish what I could do. I told them this last night. I wish I could take this subject and we could get together every night for about seven nights. And I could teach on this every night for about seven nights because I'm going to tell you, I'd cram you so full of the Word that you're just just going to expect to be healed. Because faith rises as we hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't really come by thinking. It comes by hearing. It comes by what we hear and what we hear and what we hear. We need to do that. I'm going to ask you, because we're not going to meet for two more weeks, I'm going to ask you sometime in these next two weeks to get the recording of this message or the one we did last night, get the recording of this and listen to it again and maybe even twice more before we get together next time so that you'll have been hearing and hearing and we can add to that next time we get together. This is, this is very important and I'm not asking you to listen for my benefit I don't get any money if you listen. Listen, they don't give me any points on the internet if you listen to one of my sermons. Okay? They're not like, okay, this guy's good. He's got a point. We're getting one more point. No, no, I want you to listen because faith comes by hearing. They came to hear and be healed. There's a connection with hearing and healing. We've got to understand that. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. They came to hear him and be healed. It's interesting to me that the writer of these two verses is a guy by the name of Luke. Remember his occupation? He's a doctor. It's interesting that Luke is telling us how people got healed, how they received it. He said they came to hear and be healed. In Jesus' ministry, Luke is pointing out that hearing was involved. Hear and be healed. Think about this verse. This is Mark, Mark t- telling this in Mark chapter 6. Jesus went back to his hometown and he's preaching there. The Bible says in verse 5, And he could do there no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. A better translation is probably this. He could do mighty work, except he laid his hands upon the few sick sick folk who came, and he healed them. Jesus is there. Nobody believed it. They weren't hearing the right thing. Jesus marveled because of their unbelief, it says. What is the answer to unbelief? Belief. How does belief come? By hearing. hearing. So it says, and he went round about the villages teaching. That little phrase round about literally says he encircled his hometown teaching and teaching. Why would he do that? So they could believe. Not for his benefit, for their benefit. So they could hear, and be healed. You see, that's what he wants to do. Listen to this verse. This is all part of the introduction I told. This this is really, this is one of the best introductions I've ever done. (laughs) Proverbs four verse ten says, "Hear, O my son, hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many." Here was the secret. Hear. And receive. Hear and receive. You hear what God said. You choose to believe it, whether you understand it or not. You choose to believe it no matter what you see, hear, taste, touch, feel, or smell. You choose to receive it. Hearing has a lot to do with long life if we'll receive what is said from God's word. Listen, we understand that sound can change matter. We know that scientifically. We know that from the creation. And God said, light be, sound, created light. And we understand that at the subatomic level, everything that we see in this room is created by the smallest places is sound and light working together. God said, light be, light became. Even though there was no sun, no electricity, no moon, no stars, at the word of God, when God spoke the word, he believed what he said, and when he believed what he said, it became. Sound created everything that we have around us. Sound can change the the, the physical world. If you ever have, I haven't ever had these, but if you ever have kidney stones, how do they deal with those? Sound. Sound. I mean, they blast sound into somebody's kidney. And I mean, it blows those things up. <laughs> you, listen, listen. You bring, me, you, you bring me a piece of jewelry at the jewelry store to clean? You know how I'm going to clean it? Ultrasound. With sound. We're going to put it in a solution and we're going to send sound through it. And the sound is going to scrub the dirt and grime off your ring. <clears throat> sound will change the physical world. I mean, Jesus simply spoke healing and bodies responded. He spoke it. Did He do that as God? No, no. The Bible says He gave up. In in Philippians chapter 2, He divested Himself of of His divinity and He became a man. And everything that He did, He did as a man to demonstrate to us that a man can operate in the anointing and distribute the kingdom. He spoke to storms. He spoke to things, and the sound of his voice, speaking God's word, believing what it said, changed the physical world that he lived in. Ooh, that's pretty fun. The other night, we, before Christmas, our son had been dealing with this pain in his chest for, I don't know, for two or three months. He said for weeks, two or three years, he said. He'd been dealing with this pain in his chest for two or three years. And we said, what's wrong? He told us, and he, said he had said something before. we I don't know if we were too busy or what, but this time we said, well, well, let's just pray. Well, we didn't exactly pray. We, we commanded it to go from his body in Jesus' name. I mean, we didn't spend a whole lot of time. We just commanded it to go and had a pain since then because our voice spoke God's word and his body responded to the word of God. We have the opportunity to hear And be healed. Listen, let's be clear. I couldn't heal a housefly of a headache. (laughs) But the word of God is true forever. Here's what the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 4. My son, attend to my words. The word attend means to prick up the ears and hearken. I'm reading out in verse 20. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. That means lean into it. Stretch your ears is what it literally means into what I'm saying. Let them, the words, depart not from thine eyes. Keep them, the words, in the midst of thine heart. The word keep means to guard. Put it in your heart and guard it so that circumstances and words contrary to what God's words say can't push it out. Guard it and keep it in the middle of your heart. I mean, Jesus said, Jesus told us, he said, he said that, that the cares of this world will choke it out. you got to guard it. Because I'll tell you how you feel will tell you what you ought to believe. But the Word will tell you what you ought to believe too. He says, you keep them in the middle of your heart for they, the words, are life to those that find them. The words, the words are life to those that find them. They didn't just drop out of the sky. You've got to find them. And then he said, and they are health To all their flesh. The words are health to all their flesh. It's not talking about spiritual healing. It's talking about physical healing because that's what the flesh is. The word is life. The word is health. Think of this verse, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. The tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. The easy to read Bible says it this way. Be wise and your words can heal. Listen, if faith comes by hearing, the person you need to hear the most is you. You need to be saying what the Bible says. You need to be telling your body what to do. The basic uh, Bible in basic English says this, the tongue of the wise makes one well again. The tongue of the wise. God created us. When... when in, in, the, in, the, in the Chumash, which is the a Jewish study Bible of the, of, of the first five books of the Old Testament, when the Bible says God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul, it literally says, according to these theologians from the Chumash, which, which, which wrote this hundreds of years ago, they said, God breathed in his nostrils and man became another speaking spirit just like God. Mm. We have the same creative ability that God has with the words that we speak. We can change material things, in particular, change our bodies with the words that we say. The tongue of the wise is health. I'm going to tell you something. Wise people use their tongue for the desired result. Wise people aren't complaining about the problem. They're speaking the answer. They're not burying their head in the sand and ignoring the problem, but they're speaking the answer. You know, the headache is there, but by his stripes, I know that I was healed. I know that this is temporary because my God is Jehovah Ropha. He is my healer. See, we, we need to use, our, use it for, for what we want. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach of the spirit. The Amplified says it better. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Man, your, your 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 mouth has healing power. There's power when our words agree with God's words. And we choose to do that. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Mm-hmm. Health to the bones. That's talking about physical healing. Words that agree with God bring health. Man, this is a good introduction, isn't it? Amen. Jesus said this in John 6:51. He said, "I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever." He said, "And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world." I'm going to connect that with Hebrews 4:12. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and his discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Jesus is the Word made flesh. He is the word. He is the living bread. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. Just like when Gabriel spoke to Mary and he said, you're going to have a baby. You're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to save the world from its sins. And Mary said to to Gabriel, be it unto me according to thy word. And you know what happened? The word became flesh. That moment, the moment she spoke it, if she would have said, No thanks, or I hope it's your will, or whatever she might have said, wouldn't have ever happened. But she spoke and she said, Be it unto me. Not according to your will, but according to your word. Because we know his word is his will. She didn't pray. Oh, okay, Gabriel, if it be the will of God. No, she said, Be it unto me. According to your word. Ooh, we gotta choose. To believe the Bible. Now, if we're going to talk about healing, our mouth is going to be involved with this. Okay, now I'm going to give you some (laughs) theology. That was my introduction. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay, here's where here's where we're going to jump from. And you know this verse. If you have a if you have a Bible and you if it's a paper one, you've probably got this underlined fifteen or twenty times. (laughs) Exodus 15, 26. And God said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Let's just say that. I am the the Lord Lord that that healeth healeth thee. thee. Our God is the God that heals us. He is Jehovah Ropha. This is a compound name for God. Jehovah Ropha. That's not really the way you say it in the Hebrew. Nobody knows how to say it in the Hebrew. Some people say Yahweh. Some say Yehovah. We say Jehovah. All right? I, I thought of this the other day. I've preached lots of funerals in my life. They're, they're not always the most fun things to do, but I've preached lots of funerals. I've been to lots of funerals. I find the older you get, the more funerals you get to go to. And when I've done them, I've done funerals for spirit-filled families I've done funerals for kind of denominational families, baptist Methodists, Catholic type I've never done a Catholic one, but I've been to one. I've even done funerals for heathen people, people who don't even know God. And, and, and the most common thing you read from the Bible at a funeral, and you're probably not going to be surprised by this, is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, that's one of those compound names for God. It's, it's Jehovah-Rohi or Jehovah-Raah. It depends on who you study after. I always think it's Rohi. Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Let me ask you an important question. Is God your shepherd? It's not a trick question. Yeah, he's your shepherd. If it, it's still true, isn't it? He's still the shepherd, right? He, he hasn't changed. The Bible doesn't say the Lord was my shepherd. It doesn't even say the Lord's going to be my shepherd. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. And we say that at funerals, we're really believing that God is the shepherd and that he's taking our loved one by the hand and he's leading them to someplace good. Okay, And so we say the Lord is my shepherd. He is Jehovah-Rohi. Almost everybody in every denomination, no matter where you go, will agree with the fact that God is our shepherd. Nobody fights you over this one. Alright, we found, we found over, as we've read through the Bible, and I know all of you studied this probably over the years, but there are several of these covenant names of God. God said, this is my memorial name. It's the name that I'll be remembered by all generations. Jehovah. And then He made it compound by adding certain things to it. One of those is, He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is my righteousness. Is He still righteousness? Will He ever not be righteousness? Is there any way to heaven without that righteousness? I mean, He is righteousness. He will always be righteousness. He always has been, always will be. Listen, you can talk to any denominational person and they will not fight you over that one. He is the Lord my righteousness. My righteousness comes from Him. He is Jehovah Makedesh. He is the Lord who sanctifies me. I know good and well I've been sanctified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and pretty much everybody goes with that one. He is the Lord our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord my peace. The Lord my nothing missing. Nothing broken. The Lord my completeness. He has everything filled because that's who He is. He is Jehovah Shama. I like this one. He's the Lord who is there. Listen, he's here tonight. He's present to manifest his word to us. Are, are they still that? Jehovah Nissi. He is our banner of victory. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord who provides because he sees. And the provision is made by him. He is Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. He, none of that has ever changed. He is and always will be our righteousness. Here in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, he reveals himself as Jehovah Ropha. Jehovah Ropha, the Lord our healer. If He was the healer, He still is the healer. He hasn't changed one little bit. If He's still the shepherd, He's still the healer. If He's still the righteousness, He's still the healer. If He's still the provider, He's still the healer. If He's still the peace, He's still the healer. He is the Lord, our healer. I like that. Amen. The Scripture says, in one translation, says, He's the Lord, our cure. Another one says, He's the Lord, our physician. One of them says, He's the Lord who mends us. Well, if he mends us, he fixes us. So that means he can be the Lord, our fixer. <laughs> Whatever isn't working in your body, he is the Lord, our fixer. He fixes it. Before we finish this study, we're going to find out that what the price that was paid for us, Jesus paid for us to be, to be delivered in our spirit to come to life. Because it was dead. He paid for us for our physical bodies. He paid for us for our minds, our emotions. He paid for all of it. He's the Lord, our cure. The Lord, our fixer. He is the Lord, my healer. We ought to all be saying that one. He's my healer. See, one of the biggest problems where healing is concerned is a lack of understanding what the Bible actually says because religion has tried, the Christian religion has tried to make excuses Mm -hmm. and tried to make it godly as to why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We've tried everything we can. Listen, we need to find out what does the Bible say and not base our faith on anything but what the Bible says. He was healer. He will be healer. Guess what? He is healer right now. It'll never change. He is always going to be the healer. So let's look at a couple of things. Think about this passage of scripture in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22. The scripture says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The answer to the question is, yeah, there's a balm in Gilead. There's a healing balm. He says, is there not a doctor there? Yeah, there's a doctor there. Then he asked another question. Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Is there a doctor? Is there a bomb? Then why are my people still sick? Why aren't they getting healed? Why is there no healing going on? You see, I think the Lord could come to most churches and ask the same question. Is there not a healer? Then why aren't my people getting healed? Why aren't they being healed? You see, he, he, it's his will, but not everybody's getting it. Think about this verse, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. It's interesting. Healing and salvation are grouped together in that verse. Because salvation and healing come from the same source. And the same provision is made for both of them. We're going to see over the next several weeks. That these two two basic things. Salvation. Righteousness. Forgiveness. And healing. Are taught together throughout the word. I mean, they are together all the time. When I preach the the word in third world countries, people always say, why do they get more miracles in third world countries? Why do people always get healed there? Because it hadn't been messed up yet. When you preach Jesus in a third world country, they've never heard that it might not be God's will to heal them. They've never heard that. When you go and you preach and you say, Jesus is the Savior and the healer, they get saved and they get healed. I was in Mexico one day, in Saltillo, Mexico, walking down the street, knocking on doors. I had this little team with me, and I read this scripture that says, Jesus said, when you go, say to them that the kingdom of God has come and heal the sick. So I'm walking down the street with these people. We're knocking on these doors. And and this lady answers the door. She's, she's on crutches. And we said, we have good news for you. The kingdom of God has come to your house today. And she said, oh, really? And we said, yeah. Is anybody sick here? And she's like, me? Okay. Can we pray for you? Yes. Come in. We prayed for this lady and God miraculously healed her. She stood up and she was dancing around because God touched her physical body. And then I look around and her whole family is there. Not just, not just kids. I mean, in-laws, cousins, everybody is there. And all of a sudden we got this room. There are more people in that room than there are in this room here tonight. And they're in there. And we looked and we said, this same Jesus who just healed your mama, will forgive you of your sins. And not one of them had ever heard anything about this same Jesus, and they all got healed. They all got saved. Because it's a package. I mean, they they didn't know, you know, we're too sophisticated. Well, it may not be God's will to heal you. Maybe God wants to teach you a lesson. If you've ever heard that one, it's not from God, and I don't care who said it. We need to understand it's a package with Him. It comes together. Prayed for a little boy one time in in, in Santiago, Chile. I don't remember the story we were preaching, but we were talking about something about Jesus. and, And this little boy came up. His mama and dad brought him up. He had never spoken a word in his life. He was mute. He couldn't talk. He was like seven years old. Laid her hands on him commanded him to speak in the name of Jesus. Through the interpreter I said, say Jesus. And that little boy looked up and his big brown eyes got big and he said, Jesus! (laughs) He didn't know Jesus couldn't heal him. It didn't have anything to do with me. I'm going to tell you right now, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with people who simply believe that what God said is true. That's what it has to do with. Listen, the Bible says this in Psalm 68. It says, He daily loads us with benefits. The word load has to do with a load so heavy it nearly breaks the cart down. Daily loads us with benefits. What would those benefits be, you think? I'm glad you asked. Listen to this (laughs) Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Listen, cancer in you doesn't bless the Lord. Everything in me needs to bless the Lord. Everything. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not that one benefit that we get to go to heaven. That's not what it says. Forget not all his benefits. There's a load of them every single day. And it's more than just the one benefit. It, they are benefits. And then the psalmist lists like the top five right here. I'm just going to go for the top two. All his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. How many? All. I mean, this passage is emphasizing all all that's within me, all his benefits, he forgives all my iniquities. Not, not just the, the mediocre ones, all of them. You can, and here's the, the cool thing is we could talk to every, every church in town, get them together and say, how many, how many iniquities will he forgive? And they're all going to say, all. all of he forgives all of them. There's no debate. There's no argument. We know that he forgives all of them. Well, that's just the first half of the verse. And that's good. And if you only get one benefit, that's the one to get, by the way. I mean, you do want to get to heaven. But he lists the second one right with it. Who healeth all of thy diseases. All of thy diseases. There's no cure for the common cold. And let me just tell you something. When you have one, you're not at ease. It is a dis-ease. He is the answer. He heals all your diseases. Benefits is plural. He heals all of them. Now we get those same preachers together. Not everybody agrees on that one. (laughs) Well, you know, we we were believing for one lady and and she died. Does that negate the word of God? You see, all of his benefits, they include all of my sin, all of my diseases, because he is Jehovah Ropha. He is now. He will always be. It will never change. Our problem is we've heard he might not. It's easy to believe he'll forgive me my sins because I can't see those. I can see the results of them. But sometimes it's hard to believe that he can forgive me. He'll heal me of all my diseases because I can feel them. I can see them. We've got to find out that what we believe can't be based on what we can see. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight, which would also be sound. Which would also be what we feel, what we taste. We walk by that. He forgives all of my diseases. If He's the Lord who forgives me, He's the Lord who heals me. He has not changed. He didn't start off being the Lord that healed. He's not now the Lord that used to heal. He's not the Lord that heals only the chosen lucky ones. He's not the Lord that only healed while the apostles were alive. The, the Bible doesn't even teach you that stuff. He's, he's not the Lord that heals some and teaches others a lesson. That's not who He is. He's the Lord that heals all my diseases. Now, that's in the Bible. I'm not making it up. You can look it up. It is truth forevermore. Can I tell you, if God said it, it is truth. And it's truth forevermore. It's true for all times. We live in a time when truth is relevant. We live in a time where truth changes all the time. You know, if someone has, well, I have my truth and you have your truth. There's no such thing as that. It's either truth or it's not truth. It's not relative. Truth doesn't change. Truth is truth and it's truth for all time. It's truth. You know, I was telling last night, I was listening to the news, or reading the news article the other day, and the Speaker of the House says to the, 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 the President's, um, uh, whatever whoever it was, was talking about the border problem, and, and the Speaker of the House said, I reject your facts. <laughs> it's either a fact or it's not, right? I mean, my car is either red or it's not red. Listen, it, it may be true to you that it's purple, but let me just say it's red. I've got the document that says it's red. We have the document, the word of God that says he is the Lord, my healer, that he heals all of my diseases. I am the healed no matter what you think or what you may have an opinion about. The Word of God is true. It's true forevermore. It's not dependent on my feelings, my experience, or your feelings or your experience. The Word is what is true. Man, anything that's relative, anything that can change, is not the truth. It's not the truth. If He used to be the healer, well, that's not the truth because it changed. He is the healer. Jesus told us in John 17, 17, that God's word is truth. The word is truth. And then he told us in John 8, 31, he said, Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What truth? The truth you know. The truth you continue in. Not the truth that is contingent upon how you feel. It's the truth you know. See, God is not updating the truth every two or three, every two or three months. We don't get this, this, this report from God. This a thing on our phone that says, okay, you need to upload truth 2.0. It's true forever. God's truth is true. The truth for healing and the truth for the new birth are the same for all time. Just because someone didn't get healed doesn't negate the truth. Just because someone didn't get saved doesn't negate the truth. Hey, I've known people who didn't get saved. Does that mean it's not for all? I was in a hospital room one night praying for a guy in Amarillo. He was dying. In fact, he died that night. I said, "Man, you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. He's forgiven all of your sins. You need to make Him your Lord before before you go before you die." He looked at me. I never forget this. He looked at me and said, "I'm not ready." Mm-hmm. And I said, "What will it take for you to get ready?" He said, "I don't know." Mm. He didn't get saved. So I guess healing one for all. No, it is for all. <laughs> healing is for all. Just because he didn't get saved doesn't mean it's not the will of God for, for your son, your daughter, your cousin. It's the will of God for all. It is for all. You see, I can't believe I can't base my belief on those things. He forgives all. He heals all. I mean if there's anybody he's unwilling to forgive, that throws out the whole thing. But he, he's willing to forgive them all if they'll come to him. The truth makes us free. I remember one time I learned the truth, and all of a sudden I was free from the fear of hell. I will never go there. I'm free, I, you know, I'm not afraid of it. We need to be free because we know the truth. We need our minds renewed so we can know The perfect, the good will of Almighty God for our lives. The truth does not change. Now listen to this verse. Man, this is pretty fun for me. (laughs) Psalm 86.5 For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy to all them that call upon thee. God is good. He's ready to he- ready to forgive, it says. I missed a part that I should have told you about. Just because it's the will of God doesn't mean everybody gets it. The scripture talks about God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Just because they don't get it doesn't negate that it's true and that it's the will of God. Now let me get to here. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy, unto all that call upon thee. The Bible here says he's ready to forgive. When is he ready? He's always ready. I mean, if you go out of here tonight and you cuss at your wife or your husband, which however however it works in your group, (laughs) when is he ready to forgive? He's ready to forgive right now before you ever do it. He's ready. He's ready to forgive. Some of you may have gone to church when you were when you were 13 and you had the opportunity to get saved, but you chose not to. Was He ready then? Yes, He was. He's always ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. Now, as we study the Bible over the next few times, we're gonna find out that forgiveness is in the same package as healing. He's always ready to forgive. His will is forgiveness. He's already provided the answer to your sin. He's already provided the answer to your sickness. He's both Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Tzedekinu. He will never change. He is your righteousness. He is your healer. It's always the same. When is He ready? Right now. He's always ready. God's will is life. He's always ready. Now look at this in Isaiah chapter 38. This is kind of a, 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 an interesting story. It's, it's weird. Isaiah has a prophecy. And then right stuck in 38 is this story that's historical. And you can also find it in, in, in one of the other his, history books in the Old Testament. But it's cool coming out of Isaiah because he's prophesying and then he stops. And he says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Is it the will of God for him to die? (laughs) Nobody's answered me. I'll just tell you the answer is no. Is death the will of God here? Well, it kind of has to be because God said he's going to die. The Lord is not telling him, I want to kill you. He didn't say, Isaiah, go tell him, I'm going to kill him. He said, go tell him he's going to die. Here's what he's actually saying. He's saying, under the present circumstances, Hezekiah, you're going to die. Unless some things change, you're going to die. If you want to live, you've got to make some changes. Verse 2, then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart, have done that which is good in thy sight, and Hezekiah wept sore. This is a picture of turning away from the report and turning to God, turning away from what he could see, turning away from all these things and turning to God. It's a picture of repentance. It's a picture of turning to God, making God his source. He turns to God, all right? He wept. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Say, Isaiah, the Lord said, go tell him he's going to die. And Isaiah's leaving. And then the Lord says, well, stop. Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I've heard thy prayer, I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will add another, add unto thy days fifteen years. What's the will of God? Life. What's the will of God? Healing. God's will is to heal him. God wants him to be well. The prophet said, you're going to die. He turned and he, he sought God. And then God said, I'm glad you did that, son, because you've got 15 more years to serve me. Yeah, 15 more years. I mean, everything changed for Hezekiah. I mean, he he is excited. See, it wasn't, God didn't change any, but the will of God was for him to live all along, and Hezekiah changed his heart, turned toward the wall, and he prayed. Then he, then he goes in this long speech, Hezekiah does. I'm going to go to verse 19 of that chapter. Here's what Hezekiah is saying. The living, the living, he shall praise thee. He said, man, I can't praise you if I'm dead. The truth is we can praise him when we get to heaven. But you know, nobody here on the earth is going to hear us praising him at, at that time. He says, He says, as I, as I do this day, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. He's getting ready to tell us the truth. See, we talked about truth. Here, I'm going to tell you the truth. See, this he said he says, he says, here's the truth. Verse 20. The Lord was ready to save me. God is ready to forgive. God is ready to save. He says, the Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. I got 15 years and God was ready to save me. We're going to praise him every day for the next 15 years. God was ready to save me. When was he ready? All the time. Always ready to save Him. The Lord was ready. When it says ready to save, that, that the Hebrew word is yasha, which means to save, to deliver, to heal. Similar to the Greek word sozo that we've talked about before. God is ready. He's ready right now. We just have to turn to Him. We have to find Him. He's the healer. He is the righteousness. Forgiveness and healing are the top two benefits. He forgives all He heals all. One more thing and then we'll go. Verse 21 of that same chapter, because I'm getting ready to set some of you free here. For Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. The devil is a deceiver. And he comes to Christians who know God is healer and he tells them, well, you don't have any faith because you took a pill for your headache. You don't have any faith because you went to the doctor. A real Christian doesn't have to put any kind of a wrap around their knee because it hurts. Well, look what happened here. The Lord, the Lord told them to use a natural assist for Hezekiah to get well. They didn't just decide it. The Lord told Isaiah what to do. Gave him a natural assist. Listen, there's nothing uncommon about God using a natural assist to accomplish healing in your body. If the devil ever says, you don't have faith because you go to the doctor, just tell him to shut up because he's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire and you're not. God is the healer. He, listen, he can heal you by whatever means he desires. As long as we make him God and understand he is Jehovah Rapha, not the doctor, not the pill. As long as God is the healer, I can go to the doctor and that doctor can give me a shot, give me a pill, give me whatever is necessary. As long as God is my healer. Pulled a muscle in my back one time and said, I believe what I'm preaching to you tonight. I pulled a muscle in my back one time, went to the doctor, and, and, and so the nurse said, well, the doctor says, what do you want? And I said, I want you to give me a shot in my back and I don't want to feel this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, okay. <laughs> so they gave me a <laughs> shot. Did that mean I didn't have any faith? Well, my back got healed. Not from that shot. I didn't have any pain that day, though. God doesn't, he, listen, it's not uncommon for the natural and spiritual to work together. His The benefits, he's, he wants to heal you. He's not opposed to you being free of the pain while you're being healed. Would you not put a band-aid on a cut? Then why would you not take the pill? Just throwing that out to you. Paul's traveling companion, as we talked about earlier, was the doctor. Read the book of Acts, it's written by a doctor by the name of Luke. That was the guy who traveled with Paul. The scripture calls Paul, I mean, calls Luke, the beloved physician. It doesn't call him the guy who's beloved because now he's not a doctor anymore. Because he was a wicked doctor. No, no. He, he Paul needed a doctor to travel with him. He was beat up more than all of us put together. He needed a doctor to know how to wrap his feet when they broke all the bones in his feet. He needed a doctor to know how to treat the stripes on his back. He needed a doctor to help him. He wasn't ashamed to have Dr. Luke go with him. Luke was a doctor. He could also write that helped a lot, but Luke was a doctor. and My opinion is that Luke is the one who told Paul to tell Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. That's my opinion. You can say, well, you can't prove that. Well, you can't prove I'm wrong either, so let's just go on. (laughs) The devil has tried to rob Christians of peace in believing that God is healer. Because he comes and he says, you don't have faith to be healed because you're taking that medicine. You don't have faith to be healed. I mean, if you had faith and you broke your leg, you wouldn't have to go to the doctor. I'm going to the doctor. Now, if the Holy Spirit says to me, don't go, I'm not going to go. But we, we need, we need to know that God is for healing. Our job is to, first of all, pray and obey whatever He tells us to do. He is ready to save, ready to heal, He is ready right now. His word is life. His will is forgiveness and healing because He is Jehovah Zidkanu. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's ready. Now next time we're going to look at some scriptures that are going to reveal the will of God to forgive and heal. And we'll look at those. Listen, my goal in this is to give us enough word to have enough faith and when the devil does attack us with sickness, we'll be able to fight it right now. We'll stand on what God said. And we'll know what to do. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, tonight, I thank You for Your Word. I ask You that the Word would do its work. Lord, You do what only You can do. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. You're the only one, the only one who can do what You do. And so tonight, I thank you for what you've taught us, and I thank you, Lord, that as we meditate in your word, we'll see a manifestation of your purpose. In Jesus' name, yes. amen.